Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week kicks off our three-week teaching series, Really, where we look at the life and teachings of Jesus and ask ourselves, Really? Do I really want to be like Jesus? Join us as we dive into this and discover what it's like to live our life in the light of Jesus and His teachings. Great to be here with all of you today. I get the opportunity to begin this whole new teaching series with you, and I'm excited about this series. This is going to be a very interesting series to go through because over the next three weeks, we're going to be taking a look at the words that Jesus himself spoke to us while he was here on this earth. And a lot of times when we think about the words of Jesus, we tend to gravitate towards the words that are really nice and caring and compassionate and motivating. And we oftentimes lean in that direction. We think of Jesus as this really kind, sort of passive guy who just sort of floated around and taught really nice things and performed some miracles. And Jesus was loving. He was kind. He was compassionate and caring. But he was also so much more than that. And it's the more peace that we're going to be investigating in this series because Jesus would oftentimes lay down hard challenges. He would poke holes in traditions and people would come to want to follow Jesus. Then they would actually hear what he had to say and turn around saying, man, I am not ready to sign up for all of that. Not sure about all of that. So we're going to be walking through the book of Matthew taking a look at the words that Jesus himself spoke and ask ourselves a pretty difficult question. Do we really want to be like Jesus? So are you all ready for that this morning? Before we get into today's message, would you pray with me? God, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for the direction that it gives to us. Let us now focus in on the words that your son, Jesus, spoke to us. Let us take these things to heart. But God, most importantly, prepare us to respond to what you're telling each and every one of us this morning. So guide us through your word today. Amen. We're going to begin today's journey in the book of Matthew chapter 15. And just to set things up a bit, Jesus at this point He's already recruited all of his disciples. They've begun traveling from city to city, teaching and performing miracles and healing people and answering questions. And as we pick up in this story, they're in the city of Gesineret. And when they get there, word travels very quickly, as it most often did, obviously, when Jesus came to town. And so people very quickly begin to gather and sit around Jesus, and he began to teach. And that's where we're going to pick up in verse 1. It says, About this time, some Pharisees, and the Pharisees were the Jewish religious leaders of that time, and teachers of the law of Moses, came to Jerusalem. And this was also a common occurrence. Because when Jesus would speak, the religious leaders needed to be in on that. They needed to know what Jesus was saying And it's important to realize that these religious leaders did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They did not believe that Jesus had the authority to speak as 
God. And they were always looking for opportunities to trap Jesus in his own words, to make him sound like he was going against God's laws. They were very arrogant and pompous about all of this because they wanted people to look to them for all things spiritual rather than looking to Jesus, to the true God and Creator. And so, once again, we find them, and they ask Jesus this question. Why don't your disciples obey what our ancestors taught us to do? They don't even wash their hands before they eat. Now, you might be thinking, this isn't really that big of a deal. At best, it's kind of gross. I mean, they were outside, it was dirty, and it's probably a good habit to get into to wash your hands before you eat. But why did they feel it necessary to call Jesus out in front of the whole city? Jesus, why aren't you washing your hands? Well, as we begin to study and look at ancient Jewish culture, this was a very big deal. They put a lot of emphasis on washing hands. And they did it with a great deal of strictness. They said, you should always wash your hands and you should definitely always, always wash your hands before eating meat, which they were doing here. And so the tradition was said that if you eat with unwashed hands, it's actually defiling to you spiritually. That they deemed it a sin against God to eat with unwashed hands. I mean, this was crazy. They had all sorts of rituals surrounding the hand-washing process, the amount of time you had to wash, how many people could wash at one time, how often you have to change the water. When you would bring your hands out of the water, you had to let them dry, pointing up, so that the water would run down your arms and not to your fingertips. So they're calling Jesus out for this act that in those times, some rabbis even taught that eating with unwashed hands was as egregious as committing the sin of adultery. So they're calling Jesus and his followers out for this sin, for this tradition, And here's what Jesus answered. This is great. He says, You cancel the word of God for the sake of your own traditions. You hypocrites! Isaiah, who was a prophet who lived years and years before these events even took place, was right when he prophesied about you all. He wrote this, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. They teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called the crowd to come and hear. He said, listen and try to understand this. Try to get this. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. And then this is a little bit funny here. The disciples come to Jesus and ask, Jesus, come here. You realize that you just offended the Pharisees with what you just said? Maybe you forgot about this whole hand-washing thing because it's sort of a big deal. Maybe we can kind of backpedal here and print a retraction and say, you know what, Jesus misunderstood the question. He, he, He didn't know what he was saying. So the disciples were a little tipped over by all of this. They weren't sure what compartment to put this in because this was a hard challenge that Jesus was throwing down. This was going against Jewish traditions, and you just didn't do that back then. These were dated back to the times of Moses. And so the disciples 
pull Jesus aside. Jesus didn't seem very tipped over by their concern. Because as we see, this was Jesus' response. He was well aware of what he was saying. He replied, Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted. So ignore them. This was bold. Nobody ignored the religious leaders. They are blind guides, he goes on to say, leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, of course they're going to both fall into the ditch. Then Peter, still feeling a bit nervous, said, Jesus, explain to us this mysterious parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Well, the truth of the matter was this really wasn't that mysterious. Jesus wasn't trying to be all abstract here. And you'll begin to see the frustration in Jesus' voice as he answers Peter. Peter, don't you understand yet? Come on, Peter. Hang with me here. Let me break this down as directly as I possibly can. All right? Everything you eat, Peter, passes through your stomach and then goes into the sewer. You got it? You tracking with me? He goes on. Okay. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil things, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you, Peter. Eating with unwashed hands. Come on. That's never going to defile you. I can only imagine the blank stares that he's getting from his disciples at this point. Their worlds are turned upside down. Like, are you telling us that our traditions are wrong? Are you actually telling us that washing our hands before we eat doesn't make us acceptable before God? Jesus is saying, yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. God does not care about your man-made traditions. And frankly, he's a little ticked off and tired of you pretending like he told you to do them. Because you're looking to the outside, guys. There's a new law. I am the new law. What God really cares about, what he really wants is how you treat others. What he cares about is how you love each other. Disciples didn't really know what to do with all of that. All they knew was their traditions. So Jesus is saying, yes, stop. I'm telling you now to stop acting like your man-made traditions have anything to do with your spiritual relationship with God. In fact, stop acting like there's anything that you can do on your own that's going to make you any more acceptable to God because there's nothing. Forget about it. It says, do you really want to be like me? Then stop focusing on the things on the outside and start looking at what's coming out of you. Which leads us to our big idea for today. Do you really want to be like Jesus? Then look what's coming out of your life, of you. What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? What are the thoughts going on in your mind? What are the actions coming out of your life? Jesus at this point leaves no confusion in the matter. He clearly lays out his expectations. You want to be like me? And the things you say and the things you do need to look and sound like me. Are the words 
that you're saying are the things that you are saying characterized as loving, understanding, encouraging? Are they things that are uplifting and honest? Are the actions in your life, are the thoughts in your mind, can they be characterized as pure, as right? Do you have integrity in your decision-making? Do you love your wife, men, as you should? Women, do you love your husbands as you should? Are we like the religious leaders who looked so spiritual and so clean on the outside, but on the inside were characterized by nothing but negativity and deceit and gossip? The things we say are harsh and rude and crass and inappropriate. Let's go ahead and take a small step backwards before we leap in any further and just say we all fall dramatically short at times in these areas. We spoke several weeks ago. Eric said that as we pursue the perfect me, well, the perfect me, forget about it. It's not going to happen. There's no perfection when it comes to our lives because we're imperfect people. But we want to ask the question this morning going forward. Do we really want to be like Jesus? And if so, we need to take a moment to stop and evaluate what's coming out in our lives. Maybe you've never really thought of this in quite this way before. Have a couple of questions for us to help us think through this big idea of today. And these are difficult questions But they're important questions that each and every one of us need to ask. Question number one. Would I want to be held accountable for the things I'm saying and doing? Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Jesus himself puts it this way. He says, a good tree produces only good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. You can tell what a tree is like by the fruit that it produces. Likewise, your words show it's in your heart. People who are good bring good things from their heart, but evil people bring evil things out of their hearts. I promise you, and this is where it gets a little real, on the day of judgment, everyone will have to give an account for every careless word that they have spoken. So evaluate the things that are coming out of you, the things that you do, the thoughts in your mind the words that you speak, and ask the difficult question, would I want to be held accountable for this stuff? Because we will. Matthew 15, verse 18, Jesus says, from the mouth flows the heart. The things we say directly correlate what's with in our hearts. The things we do, They directly reflect what's in our hearts. And God cares about what's in our hearts. And He cares about the things we do and the things we say because they're a reflection of our heart. Last week, Eric spoke about the words that we say. He said that every word matters because words hold the power to give life and they also hold the power to take life. We're really good at making excuses for the things that we say sometimes, aren't we? We say things like, well, I just call them like I see them. The umpire mentality. We say things like, well, I just tell it like it is. It's true. 
If you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. It's just who I am. It's all fine. As long as you're comfortable holding that up against the question, would you want to be held accountable for what you're saying? And if you're certain that God is pleased with the things coming out of your mouth, then go for it. Because ultimately, the things we say and do are between us and God and nobody else. So let's stop making excuses. Let's do the right things. Let's say the right things because they matter. And again, there's areas in our own lives that we have to take a step back and say, oh my goodness, I hope Jesus wasn't that serious about being held accountable because there's things in my life that I would not want to be held accountable for by anybody, much less God. Maybe those are the things that we do when no one else is around. Our true character. So let's stop and ask the difficult question. Would I want to be held accountable for the things I'm currently doing? And would I want to be held accountable for the things I'm currently saying? Which leads us to question number two. We have to ask ourselves, what is going in to cause what is coming out? Have you ever heard of the phrase garbage in, garbage out? This was a phrase that was coined by IBM computer programmer George Fuchel. It was actually originally defined by him as this. If you input the wrong data, the results will also be wrong. It just makes sense. It holds true in computer processing. It holds true in our physical health, and it holds true in our spiritual health, in our hearts, and in our minds. What goes in comes out. What are you watching? What are you looking at? What are you listening to? What are you thinking about? What are you reading? Have you ever caught yourself off guard with something that came out of your mouth and you're just like, oh my goodness, where did that come from? I don't usually blow up at somebody in that way. I don't usually say those words, at least not that word. Or maybe it's someone else who comes up to you like, man, are you okay? That's not like you. You don't typically say things like that or do things like that might be a pretty good time for you to stop and evaluate the things that you're putting in to your life because the things we put into our minds sink into our hearts and come out in our actions it's just the way it works garbage in garbage out so we've asked the difficult questions. Do I want to be held accountable for the things I'm saying and doing? Now we begin to think about, okay, what is it that I'm putting in that's causing what's coming out? Because something is causing us to act the way we act and say the things we say and think the things that are in our mind. So what do we do with all of this? I have some takeaways for us of how to respond to the big idea of wanting to be like Jesus by the things that are coming out of us. Some practical steps to take with us as we pursue this challenge. And the takeaway, number one, is this. Identify the garbage. Have you ever had an abscessed tooth, a painful cavity, or a broken tooth? When you have a toothache, what do you think about? The tooth, the pain. It's awful. You can't concentrate on anything else. It's just consuming your life. And maybe today, the garbage that you're putting in as 
is as definable to you as a decaying tooth. You know what's going in that's causing you to act the way you're acting. You know what you're putting into your life. It's causing you to think those unpure thoughts. You know what you're doing. You know what's got your relationships messed up with your spouse and with your kids. To you, I would say, that's actually a good thing because you have identified the garbage. You have a head start on this whole thing because some of us here, maybe you're unaware of the things that you're putting in that's affecting what's coming out. You've never really thought about it this way. You've never really evaluated it in quite this way. You've just always assumed, yeah, this is just who I am. These are the, this is the way I talk. These are, this is just me. Maybe it's time to stop and think about how much the things you're putting into your life is actually affecting things that are coming out. Because Jesus understood this. And Jesus is warning us. He's like, people, wake up. He's telling his disciples, wake up. Stop concentrating on these traditions on the outside and the things that you assume are making you clean. Start focusing on the things you're feeding your minds, not your bodies. Neuroscientist Dr. Joseph Dispenza was quoted as saying this, the brain processes 400 billion bits of information a second, but we're only aware of 2,000 of those. I'm not going to begin to act like I know how the human brain functions, but I do know what Jesus said in his word, so that the things you're feeding your minds are affecting you far more than you even realize. So we have to identify the garbage, and once it's identified, number two, remove the garbage. Remove the decay. Get it out of your life today. Pull the tooth. Drop your internet access if you have to. Limit the time you're on your computer. Load an accountability software if you have to. Block the TV channel. Stop reading those negative articles. Stop watching and reading the gossip network and websites and magazines. It's causing you in turn to want to spread gossip and no more about people's lives. Stop listening to the music with filthy and disrespectful lyrics that you think has no effect on your life. Because the things we put in, they matter. What goes in comes out. Garbage in, garbage out. This isn't easy, but it's important. It's necessary. So once we've identified the garbage, we begin to remove the garbage. Now, step number three. This is the fun step. You get to start replacing the garbage with something good. How often are you reading God's Word? Get into His Word and read. Consume it. Embrace it. How much time are you spending serving others? Serve others. Volunteer. How much time are you wasting sitting in front of the television or the computer or playing games? Do something productive. Help out around the house. Take your kids out for a fun activity. Take your grandkids out for a fun activity. Take your wife out on a date. When's the last time that's happened, ladies? Do something productive. Make an effort and think practical. It doesn't always have to be this large, extravagant thing. To start slowly replacing the bad with the good. And you'll begin to dramatically see improvements in your life. 
It's time to stop making excuses. We need to start making changes today. Just think with me for a moment. If we begin to truly understand how to be like Jesus and filter it against these questions, what would it look like for us? Well, maybe we would think twice before sending that email. Maybe we would think twice before we posted that post for the whole world to see. Maybe we'd have a little more integrity in the decisions that we're making. Valley Point, we would thrive like we've never thrived before. Kids would begin to see a true example of Jesus. And in turn, our kids would begin to make better choices in their lives. Marriages would last and love would win every time. The things we say and the things we do, they matter. We will be held accountable. The things we put into our minds sink into our hearts and come out in our actions. Just the way it works. So identify the garbage, remove it, and replace it with something good. Jesus laid out this hard challenge for us. He knew it would be tough. He knew it would go against culture. He knew it would go against our natural tendencies. But he said, this is too big for you to miss. So I'm going to clearly lay out my expectations for you now. Do you really want to be like me? Then the things you say and the things you do should look and sound like me. Would you pray with me? We thank you now, God, for your direction. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the example that Jesus was for all of us. Being completely like you, it's an impossibility. So we ask now that you would come in and help us with this. We need you. God, let us now take what you've spoken to us and apply it in our lives. Prompt us now to respond in the way that you would have each and every one of us to respond. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.